Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Devotion. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for being a part of this family during uncertain times. How we need each other, how we look to each other, and how we just believe that we do better at life together. Just getting together. Just missing a few names the last couple of days. I know you're in the midst of a storm in East Texas, Louisiana, Our prayers are with you. If you're sheltering elsewhere, if you've evacuated, you're trying to make your way back home. Just know that you're in our prayers and we are believing God with you. I uh, am excited that uh, Brother Robin Johnston's uh, yanked with him yesterday. We're getting the point of low points. Got a thousand of them on order and expedited. They're getting down here so we can get them to you. If you are in the midst of this storm, the aftermath of it, need a word of encouragement, just leave your name uh, out to the side that you want one of these books, and we are going to get them to you. We've got some great, great Dream Team volunteers at our church that are handling this for us. So just leave your name out to the side. The point of low points, I want you to have it. It's our story of surviving a storm. And uh, I would like for it to be in your library and some of the words in your heart during this season. This is Friday, August the 28th. This is the last day this week, unless the Lord just prompts me that I'm going to come to you. But um, on this Friday, I declare it to be a good Friday. This is the day the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Um, A year has grown even more complex for those that are living in East Texas, Louisiana, been affected by this this storm in the midst of pandemic season. Do you know after Katrina came through Louisiana, seagulls were found to be carried all the way to Tennessee? seabirds driven hundreds of miles inland. During Hurricane Sandy that hit the Northeast, tropical birds were carried into unfamiliar environments. Claudette brought butterflies and dragonflies and moths thousands of miles from their homeland into North America. It's a process the scientists call entrainment, that things are drawn into the spiraling storm and can be carried for hundreds and even thousands of miles. And uh, not only uh, dispersing flying creatures, but scientists believe that fish, plants, even animals have been carried by such storms. You see, we focus on what storms take from us on the negative things, but there are many blessings in the storms and storms can add to our lives. I know, I know it's natural to focus on the storm in there, the hurt, the sorrow, the displacement. Do you know, maybe, maybe you don't, hurricanes have a smell that there is a hurricane smell and you only have to go through it to know it. Those hurricanes take away precious, irreplaceable things, displacement, but there are some blessings. There are some good things entrained in the spirals of a storm. 
Like 2,000 years ago in John 6, evening came, disciples at sea, great wind blew, and Jesus came walking on the water. Storms sometimes bring some amazing blessings. I want to talk to you about what storms bring to our lives. This is not exhausted in the few minutes that we're here, but I do want to share it with you. So Lynch and Mar- uh, Marianne and Deborah, and God bless you, Deborah, what you and your family are going through tonight and tomorrow with the passing of Brother Morton. Our prayers are with you. Steve, Barbara, thank you, Connie, for being a part of this morning devotion. What storms bring to your lives? What storms bring to your lives? I just have a feeling you're going to share one, at least one of these things, maybe in a conversation. You can hit the share button, but there may be something in this that you'll want to share with somebody. And I pray it's that way. Storms, they have a way of bringing hidden blessings into our lives. I, I'm not glorifying storms. Uh, but And neither am I just looking at the silver lining or the bright side of things. I'm just saying that that's what happens. Storms can bring hidden blessings into our lives. I, I, I think sometimes we focus on everything taken from us, that we don't realize what's been placed in us and what's been given into our hands. And so when we go through these storms of life, through a pandemic season of 2020 and all the ramifications and consequences, and we go through the aftermath of Hurricane Laura, and we're still not even at the peak of storm season, we just realize that there are things when they're taken from us, we don't realize the hidden blessings that have been left behind. Storms, the fierceness of a storm, packs a strong punch, lightning, rain, wind, hail, ice, snow, combination of such. Storms come in all of their unpredictably violent, wildly beautiful, grossly indiscriminate power, the tempests, the tempest of a storm. We've been eyewitnesses to those storms, although one might not have seen the destructive awe of a Cat 4 hurricane like those folks in East Texas and Louisiana have recently seen. Maybe you've not seen the power of a killer tornado, of, but you've seen storms in your life that are just intense because weather disturbances are only weak emblems and symbols of the violent upheavals that can blow into the hearts of men and women, young and old, saved and unsaved, lost jobs, recession. Danger, health issues, passings of significant people, the loss of relationship, marriage on the rocks, nerve problems, health issues, lost loved ones. And yes, even a pandemic and the angst and the chaos and the fear caused by it all. Storms can come to each and every one of us. Let this thought today, could you just let it serve a dual purpose in your life? of storm preparation and storm preservation. If you're entering into a storm, there's some things you need to know. If you're in the midst of a storm, in the aftermath of a storm, you need to learn to listen to that still, small voice of God that speaks louder than the storm, a divine whisper. If you're surviving a storm, can I just tell you, in moments that you least expect it, there are going to be some heavenly surprises. Oh, praise God. Can I get a witness to that? There's going to be some heavenly surprises. None of us, none of us is immune to storms coming. Nobody makes it to the other side without going through storms because storms are the stuff 
which living by faith is made. White caps are frequently going to disturb your seas. And as much as we dislike hearing it, there's just no shortcuts in becoming like Jesus. There's no quick fixes. There are no simple and easy steps to grow in grace and knowledge and make it through this life. Oh, yes. Amen. It was Andrew, Peter, James, and John all fishermen in the storm. It was Philip, Matthew, Thomas, and Bartholomew, not fishermen, that were in a storm. It was Simon, Zelotes, Jude, James, the last, and Judas. They were all in a storm. Everybody was in a storm. Good, bad, and the ugly. Everybody. I don't know where that came from. Good, bad. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> everybody was in a storm. Human beings are born in struggle, and that struggle continues until the day we die. Surely a sparks fly upward. A man's days are full of trouble. And when those storms come, they're always inconvenient. I can't emphasize this enough. Storms come at inconvenient times. The story we read in, of in John 6, or I cited from in John 6, found disciples in a raging sea in the dark. Mark said it was fourth watch of the night, darkest hours before the dawn, three to six in the morning. It was not a convenient time to be in a storm-tossed ship. No GPS system, no lighting system, no bearings from heaven, no determining the horizon except in the brief flashes of lightning that tore holes in the darkness. Inconvenient, oh yeah, to say the least. But storms are just that way. And notice I put that in the plural, storms, because I, I don't know what it is, but storms are like grapes. They come in bunches. You've heard the expression, when it rains, it pours. Uh, Nehemiah wasn't the author of that expression, but boy, he lived it. His opponents, when he was just trying to do a good thing, build a wall. He was just going to build a wall. His threats were numerous. He had priests yelling at him. He had lethargic population. He had a hostile neighbors. They were so vindictive. It's, it's never a single thing that wrecks a life and wrecks a ship. It's a combination of errors and miscalculations uh, and not getting proper bearings. Uh, not one thing causes a person to sink. It's the accumulation of little things. Trouble. Trouble never rides on a unicycle. It always comes in tandem. Oh, yes, it does. Storms come. They come with advancing tidal surges, winds, crosswinds, currents, rain. Storms come when you're already struggling in the dark. That's when the storms show up, when, they, when they're least expected and most convenient. But in the midst of those storms that are always going to come, and they're going to come in inconvenient times, there are some hidden blessings in the storms. The disciples had no idea why they were struggling in the storm, that Jesus was on the mountain praying for them and his eye was on them. They didn't know when it got really bad that Jesus was already walking toward them on the white caps. Oh, my. Oh, my. There are some blessings in the midst of the storm. Can I give you just a few? Number one, storms will take you to unintended places. I'll never forget after Katrina. I'll never forget. We had a gymnasium down the street from the church at the time, and we opened it up as a Red Cross shelter, and, and people began to come uh, from New Orleans area and elsewhere, displaced by Katrina. And um, we would go down there, and we would help and do what we could, and it was not enough, but 
you know, sometimes just a little act of kindness. And can I just encourage you, you know, reach out America. We're trying to pull together things. I've got people looking for generators right now, just, just little generators to power a refrigerator, uh, some ice chests of ice and some, some soft drinks, some, some food, some uh, clothing, cleaning supplies, uh, some blankets, anything. I'm, t- I'm telling you, it doesn't take a whole lot when you've lost it all. A little act of kindness, a cup of cold water can mean all the difference in the world. I, I don't know why I said that. I just felt it. But we would go down to the gymnasium and we would uh, we were accepting donations down there. And people, a lot of people just brought junk. I mean, you, you think they just went in there and cleaned out their garage and stacked up all their trash and brought it. We had to ferret through it, sort through it and find out what was good, what was bad. And um, I'll never forget ferreting through some of that stuff one day. And I looked around and a few people were there with me and uh, they were evacuees from uh, Baton Rouge. And and uh, we were talking to him. And um, and as we were just ferreting through stuff, trying to find out what was good, one of them just said, you know what? I always prayed that God would take me to a place where I could live my life the way he wants me to live it. And I, I, I got inquisitive and I asked him, I said, what do you mean? And come to find out someone had driven by, met them. It was an old acquaintance. And they said, we live, I don't know, a hundred miles from here. And uh, uh, we have a house for you and it's a place for you. A storm can take you to an unintended place. And we're not sure where the disciples really intended to go when they got in that ship. Where they disembarked from is uh, where they needed to be because they ended up in Gadara on the other side of the lake and barely had the bow crunched against the shores of Gadara. Then a demon-possessed man came screaming toward them. Deliverance. Deliverance for one man took a ship full of disciples through a storm. Don't you know that's the way God works? It was called Eurocladon, a mighty storm which blew across the Mediterranean, could last for days a week, and the Apostle Paul was trapped in such a storm, driven before it for two weeks. And finally, the weakened ship breaks up at the island of Melita. Paul hadn't planned to be there, but a very sick chieftain found healing as a result. Miracles were the results of a storm that were brought. Sister Lee, Geraldine, Jennifer, Joy, there are miracles in the midst of a storm. It's a hidden blessing that God will take you to unintended places in the midst of seeming chaos. His eye is on the sparrow and he's watching and he's got his eye on us. Storms can take us into distant land of precious things. The second thing that a storm can do, what storms bring into our lives, a hidden blessing. Storms bring out the best. Storms bring out the worst. Storms, storms do that. Stress brings an epiphany. We see ourselves for who we really are. I I know that's the worst. Yeah. It's on the tomb of an Anglican bishop chiseled in Westminster Abbey. He, He had chiseled on his marker when I was young and free and my imagination had no limits. I dreamed of changing the world. 
But as I grew older and wiser, I discovered the world would not change. So I shortened my sight somewhat and decided to change only my country. But it too seemed immovable. And on that marker, it continues. As I grew into my twilight years in one last desperate attempt, I settled for changing my family, those closest to me. But alas, they would have none of it. And now as I lay on my deathbed, I suddenly realized if I had only changed myself first, then by example, I would have changed my family. And from their inspiration and encouragement, I would then have been better able to change my country. And who knows, I may have even changed the world. Change yourself and you may change the world. Did you hear me? This is what storms can do. It will bring out the worst for you to focus upon so that you can face it down and say, I may not can change the United Nations and America and the state I live in or the city I live in, but God, if you'll help me face up to the worst, then I can see your best. Because in the midst of the storm, we not only see ourselves, we see God. The Lord, Nahum 1 and 3, the Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and in the clouds are the dust of his feet. Uh, had Jesus so desired, he could have He could have dehydrated the Sea of Galilee. He could have turned it to a dust bowl. He had the power to dry it up. Yet had it not been for the storm, those disciples would have never faced up to their worst, their own fear, and seen his best, uh, his great love, his great compassion. Oh, praise God. Storms bring out the best and the worst. When the storm passed, they were anchored. When the storm passed, they saw Jesus. When the storm passed, the great deliverance came. A storm revealed their fear, the worst, but a storm revealed God's love, heaven's best. And one person, one person even thought to imitate God's best. And he got out of the boat and walked on water. And who knows, in the midst of this aftermath, maybe there's somebody that's got water walking faith that God is going to use you in an amazing way. Tricia and Agnes and Laura, it may be you that God does this with. And the third blessing of a storm, what it brings into our life. I just want to close with this one. I love this one. Storm brings growth. It brings growth. Yes, it does. I know we struggle with that. Abraham Lincoln called him the most famous man in America, Henry Ward Beecher. Henry Ward Beecher once said, troubles are the tools with which God fashions us for better things, for better things. Storms fashion us. The only people I'm aware of who don't have troubles are gathered in little neighborhoods. Most communities have one of these little neighborhoods. We call them cemeteries. Because if you're breathing, you're going to have trouble and you're going to face storms. It's the way of life. But believe it or not, most of our problems actually turn out to be good because God works all things for good. Let me let me explain that. I don't know if you've ever seen the Great Barrier Reef. It stretches like, I don't know, 1,500 or 2,000 miles, something from New Guinea to Australia. Tour guides will take visitors to view the reef. And on one, there was on one tour, the guide was asked an interesting question. One of the, one of the tourists said, I, I, I noticed on the lagoon side of the reef, 
Uh, the coral looks pale and lifeless, but on the ocean side of the reef, it's vibrant and colorful. And, and, and they ask, why is that? And the guide gave an interesting answer that is so relevant to life. He said that, well, the coral on the lagoon side is in still water with no challenge for its survival, and so it dies early. The coral on the ocean side is constantly being tested by wind, waves, storms, surges. It has to fight for survival every day of its life. And as it's challenged and tested, it changes and adapts and it grows healthy and it grows strong and it reproduces. And then he added this note as an afterthought. He said, isn't that the way it is with every living thing? Isn't that how it is with people? It's only those people that are challenged and tested that truly come alive. Like coral pounded by the sea, we grow. That demands cause us to grow stronger. That mental and emotional stress can produce resiliency. That spiritual testing can produce strength of character and faithfulness and the most glorious colors in vibrant testimonies. So you and I are going to have problems. That's no problem. You just need to tell yourself, there I grow again. This storm was designed to help you grow. You will be growing like Jesus. You'll be growing more vivid in the fruit of the Spirit, in the testimony. You're going to be growing to be just like him. There is a place. There is a place that in the midst of this storm, you can take your troubles. I read an article a few years ago by Dwight Bain. He's a nationally known writer and counselor. It was after Hurricane Charlie had hit Florida, a terrible, fierce storm. He wrote an article entitled Surviving Stress After the Storm. And he wrote, I encourage you. I encourage you to keep this single thought in your mind as you begin to sort through the process of stabilizing and getting back to normal life and routines you had before the storm. And can I tell you, this would be good for the pandemic as well. He said this, if you will get focused on rebuilding, you will be able to spend your time and energy in positive ways instead of sitting, being worried and afraid. The single thought in his writing is, don't take a bad situation and make it worse. I would tell you, don't take a bad situation, a storm or its aftermath, the pandemic or its aftermath, and make it worse. How do I make it worse, Pastor? You turn from God and you don't turn to God. Oh, my. Oh, my. I'm almost through. 1928, a storm wrecked Florida's Everglades, and Zora Neale Hurston wrote a fictional book about it. She described how rabbits and possums and rattlesnakes had fled before the storm, but people in shanties were determined to ride out the storm. First came the wind, and then came the wave. Then the main character said, the lake is coming. A fixed landscape feature began to move. That's called the storm surge. It started moving toward them. In Hurston's book, I, I, I like how she described that moment when they realized that they were in for the ride of their life. She wrote, the wind came back with triple fury and put out the light for the last time. They sat in company with the others in other shanties, their eyes straining against crude walls and their souls asking if God meant to measure their puny might against his. 
They seemed to be staring at the dark, but their eyes were watching God. We're not looking at the dark, folks. We are watching God. And so it was when Isaiah, in the year that King Uzziah died and his heart was torn up, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. We need a spiritual entrainment. We need to be caught up into the presence of the almighty God and watch what God can do in the midst of our lives. So Susie and Winnie and Kimmy and Becky, I want you to know we can get wrapped up in the presence of God. And what storms bring to our lives is a sense that we can see God in a brand new way. I'm not looking at the dark. I'm watching out for God. Thank you for being a part of this. Reach out and help people during this time of need. And may the Lord be near you and with you. And our prayers are with you in this time. Again, if you've been in the storm's path, we would love to send you the book, The Point of Low Points. Like, share, follow the page, get the word out. And who knows, maybe God is going to bring the miraculous into our world. And maybe somebody is going to get out of the boat. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this morning devotion. May the Lord be with you this weekend. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.